0: Today's podcast, this was an exciting one. I I got to catch up with a really old friend of mine. His name is Zen. A little bit of a background about how Zen and I met each other. I met Zen in 2006. I moved back to Hong Kong. So I lived in San Francisco and I moved back to Hong Kong in 2006. And Zen was working at a gym that I was working out at. I wasn't a personal trainer yet then. I was still working in 3D computer animation. So I used to make video games for a living. And then I moved back to Hong Kong and I was working in 3D architecture, 3D rendering. And uh, I met Zen in 2006. I was working out at the gym. And uh, we, we just hit it off, man. We just started hanging out. We both listened to the same kind of music. We liked old school hip hop. We both liked working out. We both had the same mindset when it came to working out. Uh, I liked martial arts. He was the top capoeira guy at the time in all of, in all of Hong Kong, maybe all of Asia, uh, and we did some jiu-jitsu together, and somewhere along the lines, somewhere in there, he brought up, hey, why don't you become a personal trainer? Because I was kind of hating my job at the time, it was more like a paycheck, and he said, oh, why don't you become a personal trainer? You should try it, you should, you should get into it. Uh, so I have to give him credit, he's the guy that made me, well, that didn't make me, but kind of steered me into the direction, into the fitness world. Because uh, of him, he told me go take this personal trainer course called the NASM. Uh, you can take it over here, which is a place called Ultimate Performance Studio. He basically laid it all out for me and and showed me the ropes and how to get there. So, um, big credit to him. So I was really happy to catch up with Zen because we hadn't spoken until today. We hadn't spoken in at least four or five years. I think you'll hear it on the podcast uh, when we figure out how long it's actually been since we last seen each other. So uh anyway without further ado i'm just gonna get right into it here is zen Dude, how are you?
1: I'm great, man.
0: <laughs> you know what I think, man. Thanks for coming on the show, for one. I'm excited to talk to you. Forget the, yep. put put the podcast aside, man. I'm just aside to catch. I'm just uh, excited to catch up with you, man. It's been a while. Oh yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's been a long time. I haven't talked to you in ages, dude. How long have you been gone from Hong Kong? You've been gone for a while, no?
1: Yeah, I left in the very end of two thousand
0: fourteen. That you know, what? and
1: I've been. Been yeah. in Vancouver ever since. Back, Dude, that, in,
0: back in my city. That's crazy, cause like I didn't really know you left until whew, maybe around two thousand fifteen or two thousand sixteen. Do you know what I mean, like? Cause, cause oh, okay. Cause I had opened my little studio in two thousand fourteen. My little gym, right? Yeah. So yeah. I guess I stopped going to Pure, which is why I, I basically stopped bumping into you. And then I didn't, oh yeah, I didn't... well by then
1: I had I left Pure, like by I I'd been gone. I think I, when did I leave? I left Pure like in 2000, 2011, I think. Yeah, 2000. yeah, yeah, And you were just kind of doing
0: your own thing around, right? And uh, and basically, I just I just, yeah. just lost track. And, and, and that's kind of one of the reasons I left Hong Kong, because it was just too busy to keep track of just my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I, I, didn't, I couldn't keep track of, of, the, of my friends. I couldn't keep track of my own life. I couldn't even keep track of what my wife was doing. I would have to text her every
1: day to ask her what she's doing. Like I just didn't know. Well, yeah, I was just sure. so busy. Well, yeah, well, you had you had a business to run. You actually had a physical space, like, to pay rent on, as well as your own, uh, you know, rent and. Is it I get was, it. it.
0: It was wild, man. It was wild. So what, why'd you leave, man? You just got kind of tired of it, and just wanted to kind of move on and do something new, or what?
1: Well, what I because <laughs> when I moved, I moved to Hong Kong for a new adventure. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I. Loved, I loved everything. I I, I there's th- there's a lot of things that I do miss about Hong Kong because it's a really fun place and it's there's a lot of amazing people that I met. I was re- I was really lucky to meet so many people. Oh, yeah, spent, absolutely. You know, absolutely. To home, right? You know, you included. I was t- I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if you remember this, but anyways, we'll get back to that in a minute. Okay. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just I went out there to teach Capoeira and and then be a personal trainer, and then I got really into the personal training and then, after I left pure, I actually got kind of bored of being a personal trainer because mm-hmm. it wasn't I was freelancing mm-hmm. yep and it was a pure the at least the i f c location was so nice and we had such- na- you know beautiful natural light all day it didn't matter what the what the actual weather was like outside great atmosphere and a great great uh it was a really nice gym, and I just realized that after I left Pure, that being a freelance personal trainer wasn't the kind of challenge that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I got bored, and at the same time, a friend of mine invited me up to Beijing to shoot a movie mm-hmm. and perform stunts. In it. Mm-hmm. So I went up there. And I was like, I just caught a stunt bug. And a lot of my friends here in Vancouver, where I live now in Canada, they um, there there's a there's a healthy, thriving industry here. So he was just like, it dude, looks like, yeah, yeah, like he he had he had invite me up to to Beijing, and I was in my head, I was like, you know what, you guys have way too much fun doing this. I'm gonna move back and make a go and do the grind and do what I gotta do. And thankfully, it's it's panned out quite well for me. I feel yeah yeah you know consider you know because a lot of guys grind it out and, and it takes time and you need a lot of patience for this because it's like it's not like a regular job where you're you know going so that's what really made me leave hong kong was to come back and pursue film
0: dude it, from, from my perspective from what i see man it yeah. looks like you're winning at life because we were talking about this you know in, in, in on the messenger you're so, you sound like
1: you're doing everything you want to do uh, yeah it's like it's not and not a hundred percent yet, but yeah pretty much man like it's 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 been a really super fun it's it's just super fun like i on Friday, just actually literally on i was on working on flash that t v show
0: yeah 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 that's on, awesome dude
1: <laughs> yeah on Friday night, and I was there all Friday night, and usually when you never well i shouldn't say usually because you know you never know but when there's not a, when there's no rehearsal the nights are uh, the nights are usually kind of easy or the the shoot is usually kind of easy going but then every once in a while you get to work and without a rehearsal and they're like hey we need you to do this we need you to do that and you kind of have to just jump in and and do what you got to do to make the, make the shot work, like, you know, do a f- quick fight with the actor, or Friday night was fun, because they're blowing things up, and I had to jump over, like, two cars were colliding, like, kind of rear-ending, like, a uh, fender bender, that's awesome, and at the moment that they hit, I had to do a jump, and, like, vault over the front end, front, front end of the of the car that hit the other one, so it was cool, like, it was, like, a super fun Friday night, like, they bl- I had to run away from a big gas bomb explosion and it was fun dude that shit sounds dangerous as fuck too though right it it sounds like it but there's so many they take everybody takes like the the stunt coordinators and the production take all the effort to make it safe yeah of and course. before they go they say okay this is like the special effects guys are like okay this explosion is going to come out about this far in this kind of an arc, and you want to be here by the time, because we count everything down. Yeah, of course you have to, right? So the cameras will be rolling, and we'll be run- We'll already be running, and then they and then they hit action, and then they hit the button, and then and they they honestly, before they blew the gas bomb, they we we ran we ran that rehearsal about six times.
0: Wow. That's wow man you so you didn't do stunt work until you went to China. Is that your first time kind of doing it really? I was on the impression yeah. you've done it, you've done it for a while but that that was the first time no. you did when you went to china wow
1: well i went i did one i did one in like two thousand and seven I worked for a month on this movie called push
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and that was super fun, but then it really kind of i really kind of caught i really caught the bug when I was in uh in Beijing, yeah, yeah, when yeah I did yeah. the. That was super, super fun.
0: Wow, that's so cool, so. man. That's that's super cool. Uh, you know, what's funny. I was like, I was, I was looking back, right. So I moved, I moved back to Hong Kong in two thousand and six. So that's probably when I met you, two, around two thousand and six, right? And uh, yeah, and uh, and I was, I was just talking with my wife about this because, like, you know, we're we're doing this transition. You know, we we moved to Spain, we packed up, moved to Spain, right? Doing this yeah. tra- transition. And I was thinking about... So
1: what made you do that?
0: If, dude, we just kind of, we got tired. Hong Kong is different now. It's a, it's a different place. The, the intensity, it was always intense, right? But the intensity has ramped up even more. Ah. It's just busier. The, the energy is busier. Everyone is, is working more. It just seems like everyone's grinding more. I hope I'm not offending people when I say this, but they're just not, they, they're less happy. And you can feel that. You can feel that coming off of, you can feel that, collective energy that they're all just less happy oh. uh and people yeah. are people are grinding a lot more and, and uh uh it's just I mean, don't, I mean it's a great place to work you get paid really well but the pollution has gone through the roof that was another one. Oh really uh, yeah pollution's gone crazy and that, i dodged that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you dodged that one big time man it was you, you got lucky dude for real and it, it, you know what it's we, you and i know it's the pollution's always been a little bit bad but it started to really kick in around 2014 15 it just started getting bad i was i always had this sore throat everywhere i went and yeah. i was like and, and i was like hi eat clean i take a, I take a, an abundance of multivitamins i drink water all day like i shouldn't i shouldn't i was not sick but i always had a sore throat you know and i was yeah. like yeah i think maybe it's time to make a move and my wife wanted to make a move she wanted to get closer to her family cuz she's from france right
1: but yeah, d- she
0: didn't necessarily want to move to France, uh, so we picked, we picked Spain. So here we are, kicking it in Spain. And
1: it's, it looks beautiful from all your Instagram it's, posts. It, I'm like, wow, it looks like a great place. It's, it's
0: amazing. It's so chill. It's, it's, it's not always sunny. It does rain here. It does get cold, but uh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a great place, man. I've met some really cool people. Uh, I do some strength and conditioning for some MMA guys. Uh, I teach kettlebell lifting. I get to do seminars. Uh, I'm training people at these really, really nice villas. It's, it's a good life, man. It's not bad out here. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but you, have, you, have to not... you definitely have to adjust. If you're used to that Hong Kong's pace, you've got to learn that you're not driving in sixth gear anymore. You're kind of driving in third gear now. Because everything in Spain is kind of mañana, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's their attitude. They, live, they, they just live in the moment. The, the people here in Spain, they, they, they're living all in the moment. So it's, if you want to get something done, they're, and they've got something else to do they're like ah you know i'll i'll deal with it tomorrow so you just got to get used to that but outside of that it's yeah it's, it's a great place to live man
1: food is great so great. so what like what is it all is it literally literally all like spanish nationals that you hang with or is there like an expat population like hong kong
0: there there, there is the expat population so we live in marbella which is uh, yep. The southern coast of Spain. A lot, a lot of expats around here. There's a lot of British. There's a lot of Russian, Scandinavians. You know, Swedish, Finnish. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of nationalities out here. Once you start to go inland, into Malaga yep. and more inland, it becomes all Spanish. Uh, okay. So, we hang out with both. Believe it or not, I somewhat speak Spanish now. Right on. It's, it's not that difficult of a language to learn, to be honest. It's, it's relatively easy. And it's a fun language, which, which makes you want to learn it. I, I, you yep. know, because it's...
1: It's expressive.
0: It's, it's expressive. It somewhat rhymes. You know, the words rhyme. Uh, and yep. uh, you can come up with some really cool sentences. And once you get fluent, <laughs> you, start to, you start to go really fast with your Spanish. And uh, it, if, Have you
1: learned, it... Do you speak it?
0: I fluently? do. I do. Uh, not fluently. No, not fluently yet. It's basic. My basic is somewhat fluid, my hearing is very good. I can understand a lot of what everyone is saying. Uh, and then I have to think oh. when I have to speak back. You know, I gotta think about it. But yeah, not bad at all, man, it, it, it works out well. The and how, how long have you guys been there now? This is, ex- it's been exactly eight months. Uh, what's the date today? The 15th of April. We came on the 3rd of September, so it's exactly eight months. Oh, wow. That cool? <laughs> That's cool? It's been eight months since I've yeah. been in Spain. I've been away from Hong Kong for, I think, ten months now. Because I spent some time in France. Okay. I spent some time in France okay. before coming out here. But, yeah, so I've been, I've been away almost a year now, now that I think about it. So.
1: So, have you guys, like, when you guys chose, okay, I want, like, your wife was like, "Oh, I want to be closer to my family and you guys move back." Like, did you guys spend 2 months in France and then go, "Well, maybe this isn't the spot." And then you guys just started looking around and then you thought, "You know what? Let's live here." No, we had Marbella. We
0: had Spain in our mind for about a year. For about a whole okay. year we were thinking we're going to move to Spain. That's what, exactly what we're going to do. And then over over the span of the year, we you know, doing research. We've been to Marbella before and because at the time i didn't speak spanish we figured coming here would be a good idea because then i could learn spanish while still working in english and then and then slowly learn my spanish and then we'll start to head inland into spain to maybe madrid uh barcelona uh something like that you know somewhere more inland in spain Uh, but start off start off on the periphery and and just kind of assimilate your way in that was the the thinking process. So we had we had Marbella. We had this exact location in our head for over a year. Something we knew okay. about. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah, so as was awesome. That's so cool. we packed everything, so we the stuff we packed into boxes was the photo frames, uh, you know, ornaments and stuff like that. But in terms of clothes, if it didn't fit in my suitcase, I told myself I didn't need it. So okay. I, 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 I Oh, it, like, it felt fantastic. It felt liberating. Like you have less stuff. You just have less crap yeah. in your house. You know, like the amount of T-shirts I had in my closet that I just never wore. They were just there. Yep. You know, I, I, got, yep. I, got, rid, I got rid of that. I have a rotation of like nine T-shirts, a couple of shorts, yeah. two pairs of jeans. Yeah, cause you have stuff
1: that you prefer to wear all the time, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's more about being practical versus having stuff. You know, yeah. Cl- clutter creates chaos and it just created too much chaos, uh, especially because I was wearing the same shit every day anyway. So might, might as well just get rid of all the old
1: stuff. So. No, I totally agree, man. Well, I did the same thing. It's funny because when I moved back, I had like when I was in Hong Kong, I had like a, you know, like a sneaker fetish. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I had, I <laughs> looked, at, when I moved, I remember moving, I had this really cool apartment in TST. Yeah. And then I had to pack all my stuff up, and when I was looking at all the sneakers I had, I was like, wow, I have a lot of sneakers. And I thought, you know, this is stupid. So I went and just got less and less and less and minimized what I had. And then before I moved back from Hong Kong back to Canada, I had to further condense my possessions. And I was just like, you know, this is kind of ridiculous. And I had all these Air Jordans, and then when I that's moved right, back, that's right. You had a bunch of Air Jordans. Yeah, I moved back, and then I, I, I just in in order to keep my cost count down when I first moved back to Canada, I lived in this, in this disgusting apartment. Like it was, it's actually the most disgusting apartment I've ever been inside of. And I didn't find out until the end of it that the one half of it that I never ventured into. Had bed bugs the whole time. Whoa. Ugh. Yeah, no, it was so funny because it was like my bed. I had, it was a one bedroom apartment, and then there was a Korean and a Japanese guy that shared the living room. Yep, yep. They were like the Korean Japanese version of Bert and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is that like, their beds were like next to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like like touching, like
0: like touching each other. The beds were touching.
1: No, they they had like a funny little night table in between, <laughs> up against the window. Yeah. Totally like Bernie, dude. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, it's so funny, dude. And I, I used to just look at those two because neither of them spoke English well. Okay. And one's yeah. Korean and one's Japanese, so they can't even communicate really. And then, <laughs> no, dude, it was so funny. And so, when you walk into the apartment unit itself, if you turned right, there was the the living room, and the kitchen was kind of right in front of you and if you turned left, my bedroom was back there, and then there's the bathroom. so I had the bedroom and
0: thank God, I
1: had my space full of sneakers in one bag, and when I, what I did is I, I got a gig on um, it was my first big gig, and it was on Marco Polo Season 2 for Netflix. Uh-huh, yeah, and yeah, we yeah. Shot over, So I was like, well, in my head, I was thinking, you know what? It, it's a waste of time for me to go, you know, so it'll be a waste of money to pay these guys rent for the next six months. So I asked my buddy who was going with me if I could just dump a couple of suitcases at his place while him and I were gone, and he was like, yeah, man, no problem. So when I, but when we came back, I was like, "What's in this suitcase?" and I opened it up, and it was literally all sneakers. And I was like, "God damn!" You're <laughs> like I have a problem, right? <laughs> and I, well, yeah, I was like, "I never wear these." And I, and then I, yeah. you know, I had like, I actually got rid of them all. I put them in a bag, and then last at the end of last summer, I was just like, "Yeah, I really don't want these sneakers anymore." And I put them in my in the back of my car in my in my trunk. I wound up having lunch with a bunch of other stunt people one day after shooting. We were off early. And uh, the girl goes, hey, by the way, I'm about to start this Christmas drive. And it was like early, early November. And she said, yeah, we're going to do a, a, a Christmas drive for homeless people in Vancouver. So I was just like, I've got just the thing. <laughs> Brilliant. Saw the sneakers that I had and she was like, are you serious? I'm like, yes take them yeah because your sneakers
0: were always always in good condition always almost brand new so you know you never you never had
1: dirty white sneakers
0: right i remember i remember very well
1: no and now i have i still have i don't have a lot of shoes but it's like it's most people would look at them go whoa man you got a lot of shoes but (laughs) it's like maybe six pairs versus like 30 pairs that I used to have. Yeah, yeah. And it's just still nice. Like, it's funny because, you know, now the stuff that I gravitate towards is like really practical, comfortable, and just plain. (laughs) Versus, you know, Oh man, you got the such and such 2015 release of blah 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 blah. Bloody Yeezys or whatever that comes out, right? Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, I've never got I never got into the Yeezys. Yeah, yet. me neither. I never... man. Not my thing. Nike's nor the nor the Adidas, but
0: I still have a footwear fetish, right? Like, uh, like, oh yeah. When I when I'll walk in, I'll walk into a Nike store, I'll walk into you know a, a sports shop or whatever and I'll just look at every single pair of shoes and I'm like, man, that yellow stripe there looks really good with a pair of jeans. And, and I'll, I'll stare at them, right? But I'm like, I, I just don't need these right now because I'm much, I'm much less attached to stuff now. Yeah, It's easy for me oh, to, just, yeah. to, just get, to just get rid of stuff. Like I have no problems yep. getting rid of stuff. If I, buy, if I buy a new t-shirt, I have to get rid of one of the t-shirts that I have. I also have a t-shirt fetish, right? So i get one yeah yeah. oh yeah absolutely dude absolutely i i i used to have a real big problem man i used to go to ebay you know a couple of years ago like like you know 2010 or something and i would find a problem yeah it was a problem (laughs) man i was ordering i was ordering 10 15 t-shirts at a time and from ebay and getting them yeah and getting them mailed because on ebay they were cheap you know people were getting rid of stuff for like three dollars us and i was getting t-shirts okay and I, was, I, and I was getting really, like, really douchebag-like T-shirts, too. Like, you know, the stuff with silver on it and shit. And I was like, uh, what am I doing, man? Jersey Shore-style clothing. And I was like, what am I doing, man? What am oh, I doing with okay. myself?
1: <laughs> what But did do you ever wear it?
0: No. Never, well, yeah, I'd wear it out to a club, like, once or twice. And that would be about it. Okay. <laughs> it <was> ridiculous, <laughs> man. <laughs> R- ridiculous. I, I saw, I don't know how long ago this was. I didn't know, because I didn't really see you doing very much on social media. I didn't see you on Facebook or anything for a while, so I didn't know where you were. And then I saw you in one of Kenneth's posts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that's when I was like, oh, yeah, he's got Instagram, he's got everything. So that's, that's how we basically kind of hooked up, because I saw you on, on Kenneth's post.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, man, it's been so cool, because Kenneth is like one of the first people that I made friends with at work. When I first moved to Hong Kong back in 2005, like he was one of the first guys that I, I interacted with at all.: and, is awesome, um, man. Oh, yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's also awesome a dude. rad dude.: Yeah, he's amazing. He, he, I don't even like I, I tell him, but I don't know if he know if it ever sinks in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm so happy that he's here. It's like it's cool because whenever I see him and we hang out. Because I went and watched him uh, do an Olympic lifting competition. Yep, yep. I guess like a month and a half ago. Yep. Something like that. But it was just cool. Like I'm like sitting there thinking when he was lifting and I was taking videos for him and just kind of cheering him on. And then he's he's part of the ketone business that we do. And uh, I want to know about this, yeah. Yeah, it's Exogenous Ketones. And so he wanted me to bring him a shirt to wear like some sort of swag. Yep. To rock up. A- his thing and then after he won his he won like because he crushed it oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah. i mean there's some pretty strong dudes there that day but he literally crushed it so he had like this really cool shirt that said drink ketones on it and and it fits him better than it fit me because i was like i bought it when i was in florida at at a convention and i was like oh this doesn't really fit me that well so i just figured i'd give it to someone else so just give it to Kenneth.
0: Yeah, a lot of stuff looks good on Kenneth because he's jacked, right?
1: So, <laughs> he's like
0: this jacked Asian you know,
1: dude. It was just like, I bought a size that was too big for me. And because i have actually like, I feel like I'm more, depending on what brand it is, I'm better for the medium now than the large. Yep. So, because I've actually kind of out and like, and I, it feels so much better.
0: <laughs> You're so, are you a straight up keto guy? You you eat all keto. You sell keto, uh, ketones and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. Like last summer, like I, it's it's been it's been going for around six years now. Like I would wake up in the morning and just feel completely tired and completely defeated. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm a very happy person. You know. Like I, when I wake up in the morning, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not one of those people. That's grumpy ever. And when that started happening to me, I was wondering what it was, so I just figured, initially I just figured, oh, I'm probably just burnt out, I probably just need more sleep. Yeah. And then, actually it happened when I was away, like I told you earlier, I was on that season two of Marco Polo, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, Monday to Friday was basically work days, either rehearsing or, or shooting, but it felt like no matter how much sleep I got, I would never feel rested, and mm-hmm. that just kept on through my head, like, why do I always feel tired? It, it was weird, like, it was really bizarre. Like, I, I remember um, one weekend I was just like, okay, enough is enough. I'm not gonna party with the guys this weekend. I'm just gonna sleep, you know, walk around. We are this is, uh, we were in Budapest at the time. Yeah. In Hungary. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm just gonna walk around and, uh, you know, take naps or whatever. Uh, go back to the apartment because I had an apartment, and and uh, it didn't work. I woke up on Monday morning, still exhausted, tired, and over the over, in the middle of 2017, I was just like, okay, this isn't enough. Is enough, and so uh, I was being asked to double actors, not you know, for not for usually it's just for like one or two days, and then but I thought you know what, so, one of these days someone's going to go Yo, Zen – I need you to double this guy for the next six months, or for the Mm -hmm. next eight months, or for whatever. You know, like you never know, and it could be super easy, or it could, you know, just for simple things. Um, But it could be something that's really high intensity with a lot of fight beats or a lot of whatever, and you just need to have your mental focus. And I felt like my mental focus wasn't there, and I remembered. I just started looking, and I found the ketogenic diet, and I found intermittent, and, and I found articles and videos about fasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it when they were talking about the mental clarity, I actually threw myself into ketosis by accident by giving my gut a rest for four days one time mm-hmm. when I was mm-hmm. living and still working at Pure. I didn't eat anything for three days. Yeah. And if I was thirsty, I drank water. And if I was starving, I ate an apple, and that was it. And I think I ate a maximum of, like, maybe two apples over the three days, Mm -hmm. and the first three days were absolute torture, and then on the fourth morning I woke up feeling amazing, totally rested and happy, and I went to work and I did the most incredible workout, and I didn't know why that was happening. I didn't get it, like I had no idea, because at the time I thought, Zen, you need protein to function, you need glucose, you know, you need carbs, you need all of this. And then uh, and I, it just didn't, it just didn't jive, and, but that immediately came to my mind. And so I, I fasted immediately, I fasted for three days again. Day. yeah, and if I was thir- again thirsty, or if I was really low on energy, I'd just have a coffee or a green tea or something. And then I went, and then ever since then, that was in June of 2017. And I just went full, full on ketogenic. And my brain felt better immediately. I had mental focus. I remember one day, a buddy of mine here that's a fight coordinator, is super cool guy named Trevor Addy. He invited me to shoot uh, like a pre like but more of a show and tell for a uh, director for a film mm-hmm. that was shooting here. It was actually for Zemeckis. We had to do a fight scene and it was in the, in a tent, like a meal tent that production pitches up out in, at a farm <laughs> <And> We <laughs> threw these high end Velcro matches to the ground. And it was me and like three other guys with Trevor and Trevor's girlfriend, Cassandra, and she shot everything for us after we choreographed all the little bits and we made up this really cool little fight scene, but it was super hot that day. It was the middle of July, I think or early August, and mm-hmm. it was really hot, and the sun was beating straight down on the tent, and we were sweating our balls off, and we just, and I was super chill. I didn't even eat that day, and I, and uh, by that time, I had ketones, exogenous ketones. It's a network marketing company, but these, these things are unbelievable. Like, right, yeah. I was on ketosis, but then if you ever find yourself just, okay, I need a little bit extra, I just drink, I would just drink some of these and it takes me to a whole other level. Like I actually felt like Brad Cooper in Limitless. Yeah, (laughs) It was was kind of funny because it was a huge challenge because I was there at right around like 8 a.m. for rehearsal and the the rehearsal location was a good solid hour drive out of Vancouver in in a suburb town called Abbotsford and then I had to drive back home into Vancouver during rush hour, pick up, it's a long story, but I was living with my girlfriend at the time that was at that very moment was my ex-girlfriend. Oh, God! we have a little dog. To, How awkward. Yeah, we have a little dog, <laughs> Thomas. And I felt so bad, I, we were gonna get him neutered, and then I felt bad about actually chopping off his balls. <laughs> I so would. I found a holistic vet In the interior of British Columbia, which is the province where Vancouver is located in, but it was a good solid four-and-a-half-hour drive from Vancouver, and we drove Thomas to the city of Kelowna, where this doctor was at, or doctor's located at, to get him a vasectomy instead of getting him castrated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all right. And my brain ran with full levels of patience and... Because my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, has a daughter, and the whole time she's like, "Uncle Zan, are we there yet?" And I'm like, "Nope." And I, I was just super chill and happy and doing working all day, and then rushing home to pick everybody up, and then driving up to Kelowna. And then just hanging out with my ex girlfriend two days and her daughter and her daughter's awesome and she's great too. It's just that when things are fresh and you're still living together it's a, it gets a little bit awkward. Yeah, of course, right? Of course. The dog was the dog had to get his uh get his Get his vasectomy operation. <laughs> That's crazy. So just—it's just—it it's just, was just a huge thing for me. And then I did intermittent fasting after that because as soon as we came back, I wound up getting called to go work in a city in another province. So I had to fl- I had to fly there for a month on a on a film. It's not out yet, but I think it's going to be super cool. It's called El Chicano.
0: Uh-huh, well, that sounds like
1: a cool name, man, El Chicano. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like it's, like, it's like a super, it, I won't say that it's going to be like John Wick, because I don't I, I don't even know the exact plot of the film. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's got a lot of, like, super violent, awesome action and fight scenes, and uh, my friend, a good friend of mine, Dan Rizzuto, choreographed it, fight choreo-coordinated it, and coordinated it. it was just, an amazing experience, but I was just, I couldn't do the full keto there because I was away from home. Yeah, it's just it's, kind of, it's you know, and harder, I, didn't, right? I, I didn't really, well, it's not hard. It's just that um, I hadn't really figured out all the extra little hacks because, you know, yeah. when you're settling into it, that's a shift. So I just did the intermittent fasting and that kept me going. And then in January, I committed to the keto diet again yeah, how because long? I met a bunch of guys that, keto for like eight years and they're ripped they're jacked they're totally functional like these guys are like extreme athletes like in the way that they not not like crossfit type of thing but they do um they do like backflips on snowmobiles and just do crazy stuff and they're that type of athlete and they're really cool dudes functionally strong and very very like in tune with their bodies and they've been in nutritional ketosis for a good solid eight years. So I was like, okay, well, you can do it. You can actually do it and function and have a really happy life. So I was like, F it. I'm going to do this too. I think and you can. It's, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I totally think you can. Yeah. Like, I go on and off ketosis. Like I'll go through a month and a half solid and then I'll I'll fuck it up by having a pizza or something, right? And then it'll be. Oh, yeah. And what the, this, you know what happens is like, when I have that one pizza... I'm always telling myself it's okay, I've been I've been doing keto for a month and a half, I'll be fine with the pizza. But the pizza activates this chain reaction and the next thing you know I'm yeah. I'm two or three weeks in, I'm eating potato chips, I'm eating spaghetti bolognese, I'm and I'm going off and, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and guess what? I'm waking up tired, my decision making throughout the day Yo, is, is worse. Yo, I'm here, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my decision making would be bad. My like when i know i'm in ketosis like in a good state of ketosis i form sentences better does that make sense like i can articulate what oh, i'm trying to say absolutely absolutely it's a it big makes deal total sense dude it's a big deal especially when yeah. i'm teaching a seminar if i'm teaching a seminar i make sure that i am i'm doing a, a ketogenic diet for at least two weeks before i get into the seminar because then i can articulate Movement. I can articulate what I'm trying to say. If if I'm not, I I of I can't, I can't be fucked. And, and when someone asks me a question, I'm like, ugh, I have to answer a question now. Do you know? It, it, it bothers me. So I always make sure that I do that. And, and I've been on fire
1: ever since I've done that, to be honest. Oh, yeah. It's, it's funny because I, last year, before I even started the keto diet, I had, a, I went on a, you know, have you ever heard of Vipassana meditation?
0: Yep, yep, yep. yep. Okay. Like two so, days, two or like a whole week like, of not speaking, right, or something
1: like that. It's ten days, actually. It's, wow. it's a ten-day course where you sit and meditate, pretty much from like you get woken up at four a.m. Yeah. You don't have to meditate the whole entire time, but um, I would I push myself a lot. But it just raised my consciousness level. It's just it's actually it's an amazing.
0: Have you ever done it? I have never done it, and my wife was going to do this, but guess what she she was about to go, and then they found out she was a hypnotherapist, so they said you can't you can 't come, you can't do this because there's some sort of a conflict with her being a hypnotherapist and going for a a vipassana, but I think she 'd be fantastic if she went she she really wants to do it, so she 's just going to try to find somewhere else to do it, but i 've never done
1: it myself oh no. absolutely. <laughs> that's crazy I'm actually I'm actually surprised that they turned her down well yeah because the the whole thing about Vipassana is that it's the exact teaching that the Buddha taught like five thousand years ago exact that's right and spot on yeah exactly his philosophy even five thousand years ago there are religions there are so many different types of religions and he just taught anybody that wanted to learn the technique because it's just literally all it is is being mindful, focusing your breathing on a specific area and, and that's literally all it is. And then you allow the the focus to grow and you you create the focus until you get the focus going around your entire body. And the Buddha taught that to anybody and anyone who wanted to learn because he felt like it didn't breathing doesn't conflict with the beliefs of any religious sect mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, he taught everybody and anyone so I, I find that interesting that they turned her down
0: yeah she she was she was quite baffled by it she didn't understand why she's like that's that was very uh, weird i'm not going to say where or what the place was but i think if she was to do it no, anywhere no. anywhere else uh, they would they would say no problem but for some reason, these oh, guys, okay. were, we're down with it. But that's not a, she's like, that's not a big deal. She's just going to go somewhere else. She's just going to go somewhere else to do it. But... No, you know
1: what, man? It's, it's funny because I've done counseling and I've yeah. read books, whatever. And it's funny to me, but I think that that type of meditation is the best. Well, I would say the Vipassana course um, under yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't realize how many centers that they have. They have they, they lot have centers there. a lot the world. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they even had it in Hong Kong. I would have done it if I if I knew um, earlier. I think it's, it's so cool. It's I think the free. one in Hong
0: Kong is Atlanta,
1: if I'm correct. Yeah, they have two. They actually have two centers. I, I was like, what? How do you have two centers? But and they have like eight million people in Hong Kong, so. Yeah. Right. But it's so it's it was such an amazing experience, and the guy that created it, Goenka, he's passed away but in the evenings you get to watch his discourse videos and mm-hmm. he talks for about an hour and a half yeah and he's so funny and he's so it's so full of wisdom and it just changed my perspective and raised my consciousness and then when I got onto the ketogenic diet it, and using the ketones as well the endogenous ketones with them it just raised my consciousness ever someone has an emotional outburst or loses their patience or loses their temper around me like even if it's not directed at me it doesn't bother me at all <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i'm definitely way more you know
1: laid back like yeah but you know how like people get affected by that stuff yeah you feel energy and, like, and, it, and it throws you off yeah, yeah yeah you know and it's funny because people get really wound up in that. Well, she shouldn't have said that or he shouldn't have said that to me. Yep, yep, yep. But then because my consciousness level just automatically defaults to that now and I just don't get wound up by it, it's really funny.
0: Yeah, I I was definitely more calm whenever I'm in a good, you know, at least, for me it takes at least 10 days to kind of kick in. Uh, And uh, once I'm in... Once I'm in, I'm calm, I'm laid back. My wife is always looking at me. She's like, why are you being such a teddy bear today? I'm like, I'm just chill today, man. I'm just, I just feel good today. And I, I don't tell her. My wife's a vegetarian, so she, she eats a lot of yeah. carbs and stuff. So I, I still think she can, go, she can go keto pretty easily being vegetarian. But she's French as yeah. well. And culturally, they eat a lot of bread and stuff like that. So she always kind of rags on me when she notices that I don't have any carbs on my plate. She kind of gets a little bit mad about that and so i just do it behind her back really uh i don't want to say behind her back that's not the right way to say that's not the right way to say it but i I just kind of do it in the background and i don't draw attention to it that's that's the best way to say it i don't draw attention to the fact that i'm going keto i just let it happen and i don't and i don't bring it up because if i did bring it up she she might get a little bit grumpy with me you know she's like you need to eat you need to eat carbs you're an athlete and i'm like yes but it's okay don't worry so I just don't draw attention to it.
1: Well, it's funny because when I, you know, obviously, you know who Charles Poliquin is. Oh, absolutely. When you listen to a lot of the dis- different uh, podcasts with him and Tim Ferriss and then the guy from uh, London Real. Yeah, Brian something. I forget his name. Says, yeah, he's like, if, unless you're below 10% body fat as a man... And sixteen percent body fat as a woman,
0: you don't you shouldn't be eating carbs. Yeah, you don't need it. You don't need it. You've got the stored energy fuel source sitting on you right there.
1: Yeah, and what I discovered is like the reason why my brain feels so much better when I'm in ketosis, our brains prefer ketone fuel. Correct. Our brains run. Like the reason we get hangry and we lose our patience. It's because our brains aren't meant to run off of glucose. Correct, exactly. Our brains don't like that. And so I just, I feel like my mind functions. I do all my daily activities. I remember last year, I didn't even want to go like 200 meters down the street to deposit a paycheck.
0: Yeah, because that's bad. You just got me bothered, right? You just, uh, and for a lot of people, that becomes normal. And they don't realize it, but yeah. that, that, that feeling becomes normal. They think they feel good. But in reality, you don't know what feeling good is because you just don't know.
1: Because yeah. you haven't figured it yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't know.
0: What you, what you and, don't know, you uh, don't know. And if you, haven't felt, if you haven't felt it, you don't know. You don't yeah. have
1: anything to compare. You don't have that benchmark to compare it with. Exactly. So, I'm, I'm happy that I discovered it for myself. And I've met, I've met so many people. It's interesting like lately how many people that i found that have, have been on the ketogenic diet or they're using the exogenous ketones and they cha- it changes them, like it changes their mind, they don't, they don't realize how good they are until they've tried them and they're like, oh yeah. crap, these are amazing. Yeah. Um, you
0: intermittent fast as well. Now, how long are your fasting blocks? Do you do like a 14, um, a 1410 or
1: longer or what? Oh, if, I, if I've done, if I, sometimes I still do intermittent fasting. Just to kind of like I feel like fasting helps my like my gut health is is i I also had to address my gut health, because yeah. I feel like I had to address my gut health first because um, if I'll... you're not digesting properly and you've got and I've got leaky gut, then it's probably it doesn't matter what kind of diet it's just gonna it's just I it, would say say that it wouldn't work, but it just wouldn't it wouldn't. Uh, help with the effectiveness level of it. Yeah, right. Absolutely, it wouldn't absorb it. Right. I just started there, like I start. I reset my gut. by just kind of giving my myself a my gut a rest, and then just started having like fermented foods and cider uh, vinaigrette every every di- every meal. Um, so now that that's all good, and then the, doing the keto diet, it makes everything. Because when you are shifting like ketogenic diet. Initially, they they tell you to have like MCT oil and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And if your body's not used to that. Your gut doesn't like that. So no, it get, doesn't like. Yeah, you you can get you can get bubble guts from that man for sure. You get the run. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, like just researching. It's actually really simple. It's not it's not expensive. You just have like cabbage or or asparagus because it's really good prebiotic fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, Keep these. Um, but I, but since kiwis are higher in sugar, I don't have those as much as I would have like cabbage or asparagus and if you have like sauerkraut, that's even doubly good. Cause you've got the fermented prebiotic prebiotic fiber with probiotic, um, elements in there. It's so. like my most
0: favorite thing in the world, sauerkraut. I love it. Yeah.
1: But do you make, do you make your own?
0: No, I just, I buy it in a bottle from, from the, from the store. I don't know. I don't really know how to make it on my own. I guess I could look it up. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's oh, very dude, easy, so right? It's really easy.
1: I make my own. I make my own all the time. It's it's actually super easy. All you need is the cabbage and salt. That's it. That's it. And then you need a jar. Yeah. Cuz all you do is you slice up the cabbage to the like to the thickness that you like and then you just throw I think it's like for a jarful, like for a you know, like a reasonable size head of cabbage. Yeah, yeah. You slice that up I, and then you put it in a mixing bowl like you know any kind of whatever size mixing bowl that you need and then you take this then you take salt i think it's like two tablespoons of salt and then you throw it all over the cabbage and massage it around oh awesome like you're tossing a salad really? and then what happens is, is that the, the the salt draws all the water out of the cabbage right oh that's and awesome and you just kind of massage it, and squish it for like a day and then usually what happens is, is it draws enough water out of the cabbage itself that you can fit all of that into a mason jar. Wow. Like a regular size mason jar. Yeah, and then you throw all the liquid in there that, that, that was drawn out, and then you just take a wooden spoon and you just kind of squish it every day for above. It only takes three days, but I like to let it sit for a couple of weeks just so it's really like – Know, fermented it it's done it's it's ready wow and uh yeah i i, well, I love it because what i do now is i i put i put ginger garlic and turmeric in there and so you've got like fermented turmeric ginger and garlic that's all of that's helping your gut as well as well as um your natural tea levels
0: that's awesome
1: because garlic and garlic and ginger Especially in its raw form, and like I mean, when it's when it's fermented, it's just really nice. Like it's just a really nice additive to, to uh, and ginger and garlic is also really good for your digestion, as is turmeric. So it's just cool. I, I like it because then that way I can, I can kind of customize my my uh my, my sauerkraut
0: dude your body loves garlic man it's so good for your body and, and it's great because yeah. it tastes so good like I, i'll have i'll have garlic anything i used to i used to put garlic a clove of garlic into smoothies and and uh i mean it tasted pretty rank but uh i loved it you know i felt i felt like i, I took a b12 shot right into the brain you know
1: yo yeah man it's like yeah i love uh it's funny like especially over the last year like even with regards to the ketogenic diet i just feel like people eat way too much yeah i've noticed that that's a problem i have i I overdo it I, i
0: have this panic response and i make a little bit too much and then because i've made it i'm like i'm just gonna finish it anyway i really didn't need to i could easily get away with eating probably a third of what i eat i think yeah, it's not, it's really not yeah. that necessary. I could get away with a third of what I eat.
1: Yeah, it's, and uh, this is another thing that I really enjoy. I don't know if you have, I'm sure you have access to it in Spain, but I, I feel like uh we didn't have that much uh, access to it in Hong Kong, except for um like those ox that we'd see in the new territories just kind of wandering around yeah. eating the grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I used to laugh and make jokes about it and call it grass-fed beef whenever I'd see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you'd be exactly. standing there, like, trying to hike. <laughs> and uh, and then there was an accident on Lantau Island <laughs> where, like, <laughs> some guy drove and hit one, and it was, like, this big scandal. And I was like, Jesus, in my head, I was like, wow, look at all that grass-fed beef that went to waste. If oh, I was the oh. guy, I would have thrown it in my trunk and, like, I like harvested it at my house. All that omega, all that
0: omega three beef right there, man.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, man. And it's it's just was so funny, but uh, but I love the fact that there's so much access to wild sources of meat that are just kind of. I I go to a butcher um, in a city called North Vancouver here, and I I just go and I get like I've got bacon made from wild boar. Wow, and it's so delicious. Yeah, man, like it's like actual hunted wild boar, bait, and elk and buffalo, and it's so good. And like even the free range chicken meat that I get is just—it's unbelievable. The only I get kangaroo there. Oh wow, ostrich, amazing. Amazing.
0: So far, the only out of all all the things you named, the only things I haven't found here in Spain is elk, ostrich, and kangaroo. I haven't found those three here. But I've had everything. Okay, I've had, I've had everything else. I, I I've been eating rabbit. Um, what else? Yeah, yeah, obviously a lot of beef. rabbits, rabbits. Good. Rabbits are really lean meat, though. Like you need to add some yeah. fat to that. Man, you need to put some butter on top of that or something. But. But delicious, Oh, yeah. Man. It's nice,
1: though. It's that was fantastic. Yeah, I, had a, I had a wrap of I in Budapest. But it's nice because I, I actually I feel like I eat less. Like Friday night, for example, like we shot until, seriously, like almost pretty much 7 in the morning. Like I got home I got home at 7 in the morning. Wow. So around like 6 a.m., 6.30. So we broke for lunch, like production breaks for lunch. I think they broke for lunch at around like 10.30 wow. at night. And so I was just <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not going to eat. yeah I don't want it because normally I don't eat at that time so just because I'm there I'm not I didn't want to eat and production food is really it's not like it's bad you like you go to a film production usually it's at least here it's the food is delicious it's you know they have salads and the catering really works to like actually make delicious epicurean style food you know like they're true chefs, and they think out their they they think out their menu. Oh, that's awesome! So,
0: They're taking care of everybody on the on the crew. You know, that's awesome.
1: Oh yeah, like they always have vegan options, and it's nice, man. It's really good. So it's ah, brilliant. Um, yeah, no, it's fantastic, and and they've been doing that for a long time here. There's been a there's been a big film industry here for a long time. So I mean, when it comes to um, when it comes to that, I, I yeah, I just. Um, it's it's nice to be able to eat, but yeah, Friday night I just was like, okay, how's Zen staying awake? And I was just like, okay, shake up a pack of ketones, yep. sip it all night. I used to chug them, but now I sip them. <laughs> yeah, sip it like <laughs> a BCAA them. drink, man. I think that's more more effective that way, right? Well, it it depends. I think it depends on the person, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and but for me, I just I prefer to sip them, um, and I and I came beer to lines me. No, what's that? Mushrooms. Is that what you were it's doing? It's just a mushroom. It's, a, it's actually a gourmet mushroom. It's like shiitake mushroom, but uh-huh. it's like they dehydrate it and grind it into a powder. And It's funny because all these mushrooms that are gourmet mushrooms that we eat, they're, they're medicinal and they're nootropic. Yep. So I, buy, I make coffee and then I mix a tablespoon of lion's mane mushrooms in my coffee. That's what I was and, gonna ask you about
0: when you typed. Uh, you're making
1: your coffee. I was like, "Ooh, he's coming. He's onto something." Oh yeah, and so then you throw you throw the a little bit of MCT oil in there, oh. and a little bit of turmeric, and my brain just feels like it's pulsating out of my head. <laughs> it's like it feels like it's got like this aura, like it's grown its own aura that's like emanating from outside of my head. It's amazing. I have it's so to, cool. I have to
0: stock up on anything nootropic, whenever, what, so like when I go to Hong Kong, I'm gonna to have to stock up on things like alpha brain, uh, cordyceps mushroom, all that stuff, because apparently you can't buy it in Spain. And if you ordered it, it gets stopped at customers. You, it'll never get to you for some reason.
1: Oh, okay. I, I don't know why. No, but that, oh, that's okay. The, that's okay, the, I have like 10 try Mine's made, made mushroom? Lines, lines made. made mushroom? Yeah, I'm writing that down. I tried the, you know, the Four Sigmatic mushroom mm-hmm. coffee, but I don't feel like it's that effective, mm-hmm. unless I put a clinical dose of it in, yeah. shh, quiet buddy, <laughs> Yeah, but sorry. then, um, but then um, yeah, there's that, I put that in there, and that seems to work, I can train super hard, like I do these Saturday morning classes, I missed it yesterday, I feel bad, because I, <laughs> I love that class. Um, it's like a three-hour training, so we do jiu-jitsu, and we do, um, it's like catch wrestling and gin fan JKD, like, boxing. It's awesome. sick, dude, it's so fun. Awesome. Yeah, it's a friend of mine, Dan the same guy that was the fight choreographer for El Chicano. Yeah, yeah. He teaches it, and he is, he, like, he is such a sick martial artist, like, on a practical level. like he, I've never met a guy that can, like, actually apply something in a real life situation 100%. Oh yeah, I know what like, you mean. This like, he's like he's disgusting. And <laughs> and, and he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Right? You know? And it's not and his jiu-jitsu isn't just gi jiu-jitsu. It's like he does like tenth planet jiu-jitsu. He does jiu-jitsu with like Chris Brennan and wow. He's just he's disgusting. Yeah, he's 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 on a whole other level. So He's got a multi faceted. I've been friends with him for so. Long. Yeah, he's been my friend for a long time, so it's super fun. But even when I'm training there, it's either when I'm drinking ketones or I'm having this mushroom coffee mix that I make myself. It's like it's it's amazing how well it works. Because I tried Alpha Brain, I, it's I honestly can't say that it worked for me. Oh wow, really? Does it? work? <laughs> well, yeah, but then yeah, again, I th- feel like. It-
0: I think so. I think it worked really well for me. I would take three, though. I wouldn't take one Alpha Brain. I would take three or four. I like OD on the stuff, but but it it worked for me. But that's the only nootropic I've ever taken, though. So maybe I don't have another benchmark to compare it with.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I well, I see. When I, I can't remember what I took when I took Alpha Brain, but I definitely didn't have four. <laughs> yeah, I took. I used to start taking four, but I was on fire when I took
0: four. Man, I was talking about cell regeneration. I, all I was on my brain was absolutely on fire and I haven't had it for like three months now because I ran out I brought like 10 bottles with me and I ran out so now I'm, so you so my, so Spain won't let allow to order that yeah they, they stop everything at, at uh, customs I'm not sure why the only people that can send stuff into Spain happen to be iherb.com uh, but everybody, oh, okay. everybody else on it can't send anything I think it has to do with some sort of European regulation because i did find out that i can get alpha brain and on products from from dan hardy you know the mma fighter he has a company yeah in the uk and because it's still part of the eu he can send us alpha brain so i can get it from dan hardy's company it's called x brain oh. oh okay so uh I, I, but i only just found that out so uh i, I am going to stock up though i'm going i'm going back to hong kong pretty soon for some seminars and stuff so I can do it when I'm there. Oh, yeah? Are
1: you you teaching uh, kettlebell seminars? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm teaching – I I just got – what's the word? I just got approved by the NASM and the AFAA to be a licensed um, educator, I guess. That's the best way to put it. So I teach a level – Awesome. Yeah. I think it was a long – I think I really should have done this before, but, you know, when I was in Hong Kong, I was just too busy to do it. Now I had the time to do it, uh, do all the paperwork and, and plead my case. So I, can te- I teach a level one teacher certification, fully endorsed by NASM, so the people can get uh, CEU points for it. Uh, and then I have some smaller workshops as well. But... So that's what, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying to steer my life into. I'm trying to steer my direction into that. I love personal training. Don't, don't get me wrong, but do it a little bit different. And then you're mo- you guys are moving to Close way, Weigh, right? Yes, we are. Absolutely, that's that's coming up pretty soon, man. When are you moving? Uh, within the next month or two, something like that. We still have to figure it out. Uh, we we started packing all of our stuff in the boxes uh, already, so it's it's coming up. It's coming up pretty soon. That I'm excited well, uh, for. When you guys you guys are gonna go back to Hong Kong? Yeah. So and, I'll, then, uh, and then and then we'll, you guys move just close. Yeah, we'll just head out there, and, and that's a good spot for me to kind of base myself in order to push my seminars. You know, the cost of living is cheap. I can, I can do a seminar in Hong Kong or Singapore and then sit there for a month or two and figure out what the next travel plan is. So it's a, it's a good spot, man. It's oh, about yeah. to, to be. And it's, I mean,
1: there's- Well, what, what's, what's the plan there? Like, you guys are, uh, your wife got a con- like a contract to work there? Yeah, she's got a, she's got a gig at
0: a five-star, I guess you could call it a wellness resort.
1: Or, uh, Sorry, hold, hold right. on one sec. Yeah, yeah. Let me deal with this dog situation. Or <laughs> my, my next-door neighbor's dog always, like, triggers runs to our brother, and then and fires up Thomas, my dog. Tr- trigger. And then gets they, love, they love running around together. Well, they love running around together, and so... I just let them run around, and she'll. My neighbor, she's rat, so she'll take them, and
0: yeah, okay. and
1: then uh, right now I've got a, I'm doing the podcast with you, so <laughs> priorities, man. Have to defuse the situation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so no, Steph's got a. She's got a great gig. It's. It sounds, you know, it's like perfect for her. She's. She's running the well. Uh, she's working as a wellness therapist and a hypnotherapist. At this fitness uh, resort, it's like a five-star fitness resort. It's it's basically everything she's ever wanted to do. So when the opportunity popped up, I was like, "Take it, take it. It's just us two. We don't have kids. We can pack up all of our shit into boxes again and just go. It's, it's not hard, man." That take, sounds.
1: That sounds amazing, dude.
0: Take take the opportunities. You know, like I think, for for people like us, like myself and Steph, at least. The ability to be mobile and go wherever the work is, is a huge asset. And it's something we have, like if, you know, if you have kids yeah. and stuff, not that it's not, not that it's bad to have kids and stuff, but you, you, there's a lot more to think about. And, and for us, it's like, there's not much to think about. It's just like, okay, pack up and go. We get to do that. That's what we did Come in oh, here. So, yeah, exactly, man. Are you still, so you're working in music as well, bro? I, I kind of got that... What's that? Are you working? Hold on. We're just going to battle this network connection for one second. It's going to go away. I can see oh, it. okay. I can see it. It's going to go away. And it's gone. Perfect. Uh, I saw on one of Kenneth's posts that you... Are you are you doing music now as
1: well? Oh, okay. So you know all his posts that have like like background beats? Yeah. Is that you? Yeah, I make all those. Like, I just like I'm such an old school hip hop fan. So I know, I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, of like you know, Tribe, De La Soul, J Dilla, like yeah, you know, Slum yeah, Village yeah. and stuff. Absolutely, like, Madlib. And so, yeah, I just make I make beats. Like, you know, I just I, I, it's not like I do that all the time, and I don't make any money doing it. But it's just a fun way that I get to play around and you know, it's like drawing or something, you know, it's like sketching and doing stuff like that. For me, that's what it is. And I just, I love, I love sounds, like I love music. So um, yeah, so I just do that. That's and then Kenneth is like, Hey man, can you make this and make that whatever? And I'll be like, yeah, sure. And then I'll just Dropbox it and then be like, okay, thanks. And then uses it for his videos, for his YouTube videos. Uh, or his Instagrams. We we all we all
0: need some sort of artistic outlet, right? I I, I feel yeah. I I have all these things. Like I'm I'm trying to go into the more holistic style of life recently, and there's always some sort of artistic outlet you need, right? Whether it's music, whether it's drawing, whether it's playing a guitar, whatever, whatever whatever the case is, and it just gives it gives gives your life some so much more fulfillment, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, and it's funny because you know like. Because I've, I grew up listening to hip-hop, and I'm like, I listen to most hip-hop nowadays, and I'm like, I can't believe people want to listen to this. Oh, dude, me too. And there are rappers and singers and stuff that are, you know, R&B artists that are actually legit and that are doing it that aren't the older guys like Common and The Roots and people that are still kind of sticking around doing it, and like De La Soul, they're touring and stuff, yeah. but... You know those guys are all like my age, and I'm like, okay, well, is there anyone that's younger that's doing it that's really good? And I've discovered some really good people. Like, have you ever heard of Anderson Pack? Nope. Oh man, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll I'll, F, I'll Facebook message that to you. It's yeah, like absolutely, the guys. Like, he's an amazing singer and a uh, and a drummer, and he kind of reminds me of like a modern day hippie version of um, James Brown, but he's like super ah, yeah? dope, and he teams ah, up. Ah, cool. With, uh, yeah, I think you'd like it. I don't know, like, what, what what kind of stuff are you listening to these days?
0: I'm still listening to the old school stuff. I still have, my playlists still have Diggable Planets on it. They still have De La Soul on it, uh, Common. Yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't found, because the new hip hop nowadays really irritates me. I, I I don't, the rhythm of how they're spitting out, it's just, it's just weird. I mean, it's just not my thing. And I, so I just keep listening to my old music. Yeah, yeah. Diggable Planets, I've no, been, I've been. Have been, you
1: been, have actually heard of hip Oh, what's it called? But pretty much the whole album was produced by Kareem Riggins. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, let me just comment. Comment. Where is he on my playlist? He he made an album last year, and it was it was really good. Um, but Kareem Riggins is from Detroit, but he's a really amazing drummer. But he used to play and rhyme with uh, Jay Dilla i know jay and yeah and all the slum guys and common was you know really close with jay with jay and then he became close with kareem so he made a whole album that was produced by kareem last year as common but then you know robert glasper the pianist yeah yeah yeah. he's put out the robert glasper Robert Glasper, Kareem Riggins, and Common teamed up and made a group called August Green. And it just oh, came out. No it's kidding. It's really good, man. I love it. It's like Brandy's singing on it. No it's like shit. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's funny because I retraced, like, hip-hop and the reason, like, the generation that I grew up listening to and it, it's like, and I listen to the rap music now, and I feel like the rap music now just is all, literally all about money and chicks and, like, I'm so good. And I'm, I've got drugs and whatever, and like doesn't, it's weird it's, to me. It doesn't inspire like me, man. And it's not well. It's not articulate. And the people, the generation that I grew up listening to, was like people that were like rappers that were inspired by Martin Luther King and and Malcolm X. Right. Yeah. And these guys were like well-spoken Black American and Black Americans, and they were there for their generation to inspire their kids, right? And the, the generation, even the adults. And um and so that's what kind of spawned, you know, Nas and like the conscious rap music and the August Green is just really nice, man. I think you'd love it. It's it's really good. It's like it's like it's kind of like another version of the roots, but and they've got singing and oh, they've got really good artists on it. Yeah, it's super dope, dude. You'd love it.
0: I was I was I used to love listening to guys like Biggie because uh, like they were they would rap about hardship and and having to make it and and now that they've made it enjoying life like I mean yeah they they went a little bit gangster here and there but the, the inspiration from going through hardship that's what I used to like from those guys the most yeah so that's yeah. What, so the the hip hop I hear now there's nothing really inspiring about it it's just it's kind of like all the same it's kind of you know, money, money, bitches, and and champagne, which is kind of fun, but.
1: Well, I mean, you know, there's that girl that's like 15 years old that was the. <laughs> yeah. She was like on the Dr. Phil show, the problem child. Yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. what her name was. But she was like saying, me about ha- that? "Catch me outside, catch me outside, have chick? my bad girl." Yeah,
0: she's she's she's, she's like a millionaire
1: she's a rapper, man. She's a rapper now. She's got like albums out, and I'm like, what? It's ridiculous. And she's man. only like 15 or 16 years old, and she's you know making tons of money on youtube and like whatever and i'm like okay she's got that's over, what rap is like
0: yeah she got over two million followers on her instagram i'm like why you know but anyway
1: well no but that's that's just like the, that's just the, the era that we live in right now right so and and the way that she raps because i went and i was like okay i'm gonna listen to this girl right and you know I went and just checked it out, and I was like, okay. Like, it's not something that I listen to, but I'm sure, like, a, you know, a 15-year-old, like, because I, I, I was talking to this 15-year-old kid, and he was just like, well, I don't know, man. Like, because the old-school sound of production bores most kids now.
0: Yeah, I think so. They, they need something different. That, uh, it's...
1: The mixing and the musical, the musical aspects of the music is more sonically pleasing to people. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. So, I
0: don't know. Yeah. Right, dude, my time is about to come up, we're, we're almost running out. Tell everybody what TV shows you've yeah. been on, man, I want to know what, you, what you've been on. Because when I saw you on Altered Carbon for that five seconds you were on Altered Carbon, I was, I was jumping up and down in my living room, cheering unnecessarily. My wife didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, that's Zen. I started clapping and then I rewound it and I was like, it's Zen, I clapped my hands. <laughs> My wife was like, what are you doing? And I was like, look, look, look. And I brought her over and I, and I paused it right when you were saying, I don't know, justice, make the dead speak or something like that. Right. And I pressed pause yeah, yeah, yeah. and I pressed pause and she's like, oh my God. And then we high fived because she's, she recognized you as well. She's like, it's your buddy Zen. I was like, yeah, we high fived, you know, <laughs> it was so silly, man.
1: <laughs> so, well, yeah, no, I, I've been on a lot. I've been lucky that I got, I've been, you know, I've made friends and people just kind of hire me and they're so cool here. Um, I've been really lucky. But no, I've been on a lot of stuff. Um, uh, I guess, like, if you want to see a speaking role, I was just on The Good Doctor, like, a couple months ago.
0: Wow, cool.
1: The Good Doctor's, like, you know, uh, it's, a, you pro- it's not probably that popular in Spain, but it's definitely hitting in North America. I think yeah. the most shows, for, at least for the Emmys, uh, Freddie Highmore got the the Emmy nod it's basically about like a highly functioning autistic guy that's a doctor in a, in a, in a place and they've got an amazing cast. So I got I wound up getting like a stunt actor role, but I actually got dialogue on that. So it was in, um, we shot that in January, but I've been on a lot of stuff, man. Like there's, there's tons of stuff. You just have to Google my name. Oh uh, yeah. Van that makes sense. All right? Of course. An, not, not everything's on there yet, but, um, but, yeah, there's, that's an easy place to start. But the one thing I, I find is that you can't, like, when we're doing stunts, like, we're doing it to make the actors look good. So of course, you don't, of course, yeah. You, you rarely see us. You rarely see us. Like, um, unless you know that I'm there, you won't notice. Does that make any sense? Because oh, it's like,
0: yeah, yeah, usually
1: yeah. our time on camera is like, we're there for like half a beat, throwing a punch, getting one punched, or getting thrown, or getting shot or stabbed by the main actor in the scene that's the hero. And then, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's, not,
0: it's not about you. You guys just make we're it look to, cool. are
1: there to make all the actors look like heroes, right? Yeah, and of course, right? Yeah, we yeah, always, yeah, yeah. We always get up or.
0: You're the guy who's supposed to be taking all the risk while the actor kind of looks cool, right?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, like, you know, and it's usually, it's all calculated stuff, you know, we're always wearing pads and we're always, the only thing, the only, the, the, the real, I mean, I respect every stunt person, but I really respect stunt female, like female stunt performers because usually they are doubling the women. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The female, female women, you know, female leads are usually wearing next to nothing yeah. or form-fitting clothes can't usually like like a dress like a short dress or uh you know that you can't hide pads under that stuff so they just kind of have to go down and it's i, I have a lot of respect yeah. for female stunts. and they're, man, they're tough like on as, as far as i'm concerned yeah their movement
0: must be you know. restricted too because they're wearing the nice gowns and shit like that right
1: oh yeah like So they have to make a fall look super cool, (laughs) (laughs) in a dress, like like, (laughs) in like a gown or or a or a mini dress. I'm just like, wow, you guys are, you know?
0: (laughs) That's awesome, dude.
1: (laughs) All right, brother. Do
0: you have any Do you have any events coming up or anything or anything we need to know about? Nothing. I mean,
1: I'm I'm on the Flash next week. (laughs) Boom! That's what I want to know. You're on the Flash shooting. This is
0: what we need to know, man. (laughs) I can't believe you're on The Flash because I watched that. All right, brother. Dude, thanks for your time, man. Thanks for coming on. This is brilliant. I'm so happy to catch oh, up with you. Oh, was great catching
1: up with you, That
0: was awesome. We've just been, yeah, ch- dude, we've just so been chatting for like an hour and a half, bro. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. All good. All right, Hey, dude. man, when, when you move to uh, close the movie, let me know. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I'll be there chilling. Chilling in the sun, doing nothing for a while until I figure myself out. It's, it's, it's exactly what I want to be doing, to be honest, man. It's exactly how I want to live my life, you know? Uh, uh, sitting around, hanging out, well, when, having a good time. But, uh,
1: when, do you guys, when do you guys actually moving there?
0: I think we're going to go at the end of May. That seems to be okay. uh, the timeline. It's all, it's all a paperwork thing, you know, work visa and stuff like that for her. Right. So it looks like the end of May. And,
1: but, and how, long does, uh, how long does she uh, – how long is her contract lasting for? Uh,
0: two years. I believe it's going to be a two-year contract. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, That's uh, awesome. So I'm going to be in flip-flops and, and tank tops. For, for for a while, man. Uh, you think I'm dark now? Just wait. Just wait, man, because I can get really, really black when it comes to when I'm in the sun for a long time. <laughs>
1: Darknesses. Yep.
0: Darknesses. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you very much for your time, man. This is great. <laughs>